This is your host, Tia. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top Ten. Why? Welcome back to an awesome episode of the Top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Tia, and today, in honor of the fact that in a couple of days, Spider-Man Far From Home is going to be hitting the theaters, we are going over the Top 10 Spider Moments in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So this means no Tobey Maguire and no Andrew Garfield moments, as great of Spider-Men as they were. This is just focusing on the Tom Holland version of Peter Parker, and obviously this is a spoiler-free episode because I personally haven't seen this far from home, so we're going to hold it there, but um, I will first introduce my co-host, Ryan. What was that what going on there? Oh, sweetie, I don't think any of us have seen Far From Home yet. And I'm sure shit ain't seen it till like the 7th because my ass is going to Colorado on the 1st and there's no movies <laughs> in the middle of West Bumblefuck Mountain. So I got to keep my scrawny little eyes off Twitter because apparently people already want to be spoiling the movie. Like, bro, this ain't Endgame. You ain't going to trick me twice. And if you do, you're going straight to hell, Mamma Mia. Damn, bro. I'm sorry. It's well, I saw I game for this time. I'm sorry. They all so I'm seeing it Wednesday, but they have already leaked the end credit scene on YouTube. So if you are wanting to completely be spoiler free, don't travel to YouTube because they already got that shit online. But um, oh, AJ, you're scaring me now. I live my life on YouTube. Holy shit. Yeah, no, seriously, they got that shit out there. Uh, but, AJ, welcome tonight. I'm glad to finally get you back on an episode of Top Ten. Finally. Well, <laughs> what you guys are speaking of, movie theaters really need to have metal detectors so um, they can start taking phones away because people, seem, they seem they can't do anything without being spoiled nowadays. Just take away well, their phones and we'll be AJ, good. I'm glad you brought that up, man. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm not trying to get into a rant real quick, but I'm going to mention this. Instead of metal detectors, we need ignorance detectors. Because every yep. single motherfucker that goes to the movie theaters in New York City, bro, it sounds like they're eating a whole rotisserie chicken from, <laughs> from fucking Boston Market. They're like, um, um, um. like, bro, do you not know how to eat? Do you, do you have to get a vacuum and swallow it? No. Chill out. And every time something happens, that's not a Marvel movie. <gasps> I knew that. I knew that. Like, no, shut up. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go on that rant. It's all good, Ryan. That's why we love you for your rant. But before we start this top ten, I will say really quickly, I don't understand how these um, leaks get online because prior to – well, prior to it coming out, the only people who got to see it were press. So you're really telling me that there are members of the press out there doing bootleg shit? Like, come on. You should just not be invited then to go see Dude, boycott the press. Dude, boycott the press. Well, whoa, Simple because that. that's how I that's how I see uh, these movies ahead of time. So Gia, don't like, say that. Don't tell the viewers. Just take away the phone. Just take away the phone. 
That's all you have I to think, do. Do that. I think they did that when, I think uh, that's what they did when Kanan went to go see it on the 26th. I think he said that they uh, made uh, everyone turn in their phones. So I guess that is really the extent that you have to go to for that. But yes, we're not going to Exactly, but we're not going to dwell on that. We're going to move forward because we got a lot to cover tonight. So we're going to start this list off. And AJ, I'm going to give it to you because we missed you so much. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's not well, like I haven't I'm been gonna, on the show for I'm like three weeks. But yeah, AJ, I'm going to go in strong. So I'm going to choose the um where Adrian Adrian um finds out who Peter mm-hmm. is. Yeah. AJ, yeah. That 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 scene was probably one of the most funniest what the fuck moments uh, in Homecoming. Wait, you mean Aunt May? No, no. Um, you mean you Walter. mean when Peter popped up for Brom and then he saw the villain was the father? He's like, oh shit. You mean that scene? No, it, it was it was during it was during the drive. It was during the drive oh. towards. Oh, Brom. you mean when he was like low key interrogating him without yeah, the daughter? Exactly. Yet. Got that you, was on man. my list. <laughs> Me and AJ think alike, man. We think alike. <laughs> we finished each other's sentences. I'm sorry, AJ. Go. go ahead. <laughs> well, it wasn't just funny, but like the cinematography was literally perfect in that that whole scene when it becomes like red um, on Vulture's face when he realizes who Peter is, and then when it's green, it it, it just it was just it was well done as a whole, but that's like a funny moment. Everybody in my theater was dying laughing. Everybody loved that scene. You can, that was actually the scene that made me feel like Tom Holland as Peter Parker is probably like the best Peter Parker out of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. It was just, it just felt so awkward. You just thought like, I didn't even think it was Tom Holland. I just thought it was Peter Parker literally on screen and that's what I that's why I like this scene the most. Yeah, that was a great scene. Um any like any scene with those two pretty much in Homecoming was great. And I have to tell you that like Homecoming was just a good movie, I feel like. Uh it you know had its like little campy moments, but it was just fun. It was really fun and I regret having not seen it in the actual theaters. I saw it afterwards. So, same, yeah. Same. I know, I know. But great way to start off the top ten. Uh, Ryan, do you want to kind of give your thoughts on uh, AJ's pick? AJ, my man, since we have, we think just alike, you obviously pick a great choice. And I'm going to just say this now. I know one of y'all going to hate me, probably AJ. But my, my son... Jerry, not Jerry Maguire, Toby Maguire, <laughs> and my son, who, who, wait, who, who was the second, Andrew Garfield. Andrew, oh my god. they goodness. ain't got, bro, they ain't got nothing on my boy, Tom Switzerland. They ain't got nothing on him. He is my prize jewel. But anyway, AJ, that was a fantastic pick, my man, because I was watching that scene, and my dude, I remember when I had to pick up my date for prom, and her dad looked at me, and he wasn't even, like, a bad guy. Like, my dude just looked scary. And this guy in the movie, this son is just, like, a whole villain. 
And I can't even imagine how you must feel. But if I had web shooters, dude, I'd be laying back. I'd be like, come on, daddy, fight me. I'll become daddy. No, let me stop. But great pick nonetheless, AJ. Great pick. Yeah, when that scene first happened, I was like, oh, my God, he's figuring out the truth. And, like, it's just, when have we really ever had that where, like, the villain is staring the hero straight into the face, like, I know who you are. But then it was like, well, you know, my daughter likes you, and you did uh, pull through on this one thing, so I'm going to let it slide. And you're like, nah, it can't be that easy. You know some shit's going to go down. But that was, like, such a tense scene, as you said, AJ, like, the cinematography was just absolutely fantastic in it, and you really just felt like this is poor Peter Parker thinking, like, the way he had to, like, hold himself together the whole time, because he instantly Uh knew when, you know, Adrian, like, opened up the door that it was Vulture, but he had to keep everything, like, inside just to try to keep a sense of normality, and it was really well done. I felt bad because, you know, he had a crush on that girl so much. He was obviously excited to take her to prom, but then he really was, like, barely paying attention to her while they were in the back of the car because of the situation they were in. So it was just great. It was a great scene, Um, and that definitely was on my list. So while you guys are talking, I'm going to have to come up with another one, which shouldn't be hard because there's so many great scenes. But, uh, yeah. Great number 10. Uh, Ryan, what's your number nine? All right, so I know I don't know if anyone noticed this. So the very first scene that Tom Holland ever played Peter Parker in Civil War when Tony Stark was in his apartment and he came home. I don't know if anyone knew this, but when he when that scene was filmed, his face was completely different. So his whole face was pretty much CGI if it looks kind of funny in a scene to you. Because I don't know if you guys knew this, but when he was younger, I'm pretty sure he got it removed. He had a mole on his chin, and you can see it in that uh, Naomi Watts movie where it's with the tsunami. Anyway, that's the point. So he had to get a bunch of, like, CGI done for it because I guess they didn't like it on him or something. So that his whole first scene was pretty much a Tom Holland CGI face. And I, I find it hilarious. Because it actually worked for the better of it. Because when I first saw him, I'm like, yo, doesn't this guy have, like, a giant-ass mole on his face? Why does his skin look so clean? Like, his the perplexity of his face kind of scared me. But the act, his acting was so good that I didn't mind it. And I'm like, yo, dude, this is fucking Peter Parker right here. He's quirky. He's smart. And, dude, he's funny. You can, you can tell that between the interaction between him and... Um, Fuck, Tony. I'm, dude, I'm forgetting names a lot today. Tony Stark. Like, when they first go in his bedroom, and Tony shows him, like, all the footage of him saving crime, he's like, what are you, Spider-Thing, Spider-Ling? He's like, ah, that's not me, but I prefer Spider-Man. Okay, and then they have this really intense moment where it's like, Spider, okay, Spider-Man, and they hold the dramatic pause, and he's just like, you're going to get me out of this? And it's like, oh, yeah, sorry. So, this is really what implemented him as Peter Parker. I'm not going to say what else from Civil War because I feel like one of us is going to mention it, but I'm going to leave it out here for now. I'm going to leave it out here. 
Yeah, that funny enough, now that we're going, uh, I didn't know that, by the way, Ryan, but that is actually kind of crazy. Robert Downey Jr. and Marissa Tomei apparently dated in real life at some point, and from what the rumor that... Yeah, when uh, the rumor was that apparently Robert Downey Jr. suggested her for that role. So I think that was pretty cool. I love the first scene when he walks in, he sees the fucking Tony Stark with his aunt just chilling, eating, I think it was like zucchini bread or something. And Tony Stark says, like, how good it was, but then he obviously, like, spit it out afterwards because it just wasn't that good. And freaking Peter Parker just like, oh, yeah, that internship whatever we were talking about that's why you're here i have no idea why you're here it was just so golden so great um everyone was like on point and yeah i remember seeing civil war in the movies right and as soon as it said queen my freaking theater like just freaked out because you knew all right this is this is Spider-Man that's coming on screen at this point. It was just really great. I love the little footage that Tony Stark uh, showed with that really, like, just poor-looking costume. And that whole thing, just the way they established this Peter Parker, because I got to tell you, I was really skeptical about a much younger Spider-Man in the MCU because, to me, my perception of Spider-Man was Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, who, you know, was not in high school at that point. And when they announced that that's the, that was the direction that they were going in, I just kind of questioned it. But no, from like that first interaction on, I've been completely sold as, for Tom Holland as Spider-Man. It was absolutely fantastic. But I'm going to stop talking and say, AJ, what did you think about you know, Peter Parker's first appearance on screen in Captain America Civil War. Okay. I'm just going to say everything with Tom Holland is literally the best ever in the whole wide world. But going <laughs> on to, going on to the, that scene specifically, people forget that that um, there was a specific quote where Peter actually mentions his, mentions his uncle and people I, here's the quote. It says, when you can do do the things that I can, but you don't, and then the bad things happen, they happen because of you. That that quote alone just tells you another backstory of him with his uncle, with Uncle Ben. And I feel like people just seem to forget that specific line, and that's probably one of the reasons why they don't like Tom um, that Peter Parker as much, is because they didn't tell the backstory. Um, like a normal backstory would would have been told, but I feel like the way that they hinted at that was done perfectly. And after that, um, the interaction between Tony and Peter, I I loved every single second of it. I loved their chemistry together. I love Aunt May and the interaction with Tony Stark. I thought that, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Um, what else? when um Tony was looking in the room trying to find a spider suit and then <laughs> and then he opened up the um what is it called? the ceiling thing. And the uh, attic see, thingy? Huh? The attic like Yeah, there we know. go, the attic. I forgot what it was called. Anyway, 
when he opened up the attic, you just saw um, Peter just randomly grab it <laughs> and just hit it like so that he wouldn't, um, that Tony wouldn't find out that he was Peter Parker and all that. I just love the whole scene as a whole. Yeah, it was so great. Um, and I wanted to comment really quickly on something that you brought up, AJ. To me, and uh, I think even like Juwan has mentioned this before, the whole Uncle Ben thing is like Bruce Wayne's parents. I don't need to see him killed every single time you give me a Spider-Man. You know, exactly. We've, yeah, we've seen that before. If you're a Spider-Man fan, you don't even have to be like an extreme comic book fan. You can just be someone who grew up watching Spider-Man. You know what happens to Uncle Ben. To me, we don't need a retelling. There, first of all, wasn't room in Civil War for something like that. And I think that they did the right choice in Homecoming with not going backwards and doing, say, a setup uh, movie. We we saw him in Civil War. He had a really positive reaction, so we moved forward. I didn't need to see any of that, but I will say that if they ever decide to do flashbacks, Tobey Maguire should come as the Uncle Ben. No. No. No, you're not in that. No. I don't want Tom or Andrew Garfield at all. They're done. Over with. I'm good. You mean Tobey Maguire, not Tom Holland. Yeah. You said Tom yeah. Holland. <laughs> Listen, it would just be a funny little Easter egg, I feel like, personally. But that's just me. Even if you wanted to say a picture, like he's looking at a picture one day of Uncle Ben, and there he is. I don't know. I think that would be funny. But regardless, I, I will say, yeah. I will say, and into the Spider-Verse, um, mm-hmm. I really, I really like that um, dancing scene. I just thought it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. I think, I don't know, that's just me personally, but I don't need to see Uncle Ben again in the MCU, and anyone who's sitting there complaining about it just needs to hop off, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. But um, I guess I am getting the number eight spot, and it's a really small scene, but I don't know why I thought it was, like, really hilarious, so... This is in Avengers Infinity War when uh, Tony Stark, Doctor Strange, and Spider-Man first meet. uh, Not, I guess, first meet. I'm sorry. This isn't their first interaction, but kind of like getting to know each other with Star-Lord, Drax, and Mantis. And they're talking, and Star-Lord goes, oh, tell me that Footloose is still one of the, you know, (laughs) still the best movie. And and Spider-Man goes, I don't think it ever was. And just, like, to me, that just shows, like, the funny, like, quirkiness of Peter Parker. I mean, he is such a millennial, and obviously Peter Quill hasn't been to Earth since he was first abducted when he was a kid. So at that point, yeah, Footloose was the shit at that point. And for Peter Parker to just kind of, like, squash him instantly in that moment was so funny to me. But, and that's going to be my choice of, but that whole interaction when they're first meeting the Guardians of the Galaxy and freaking Spider-Man when Star-Lord goes, uh, you know, who are you guys? And Peter Parker's like, we're the Avengers, man. I mean, first of all, he looked like such a little child compared to, like, Chris Pratt. And I think Tom Holland's, like, 22 or something like that. But he looks like just such a little kid compared to him. And it's 
so funny to me. And I wish that we saw more interactions between Peter Parker and uh, Peter Quill because the fact that Quill is essentially from another time at this point, you know, not another time, but he hasn't been to Earth. He doesn't know anything about Earth since he since he was a kid. A whole new era. See, uh, yeah, a new era. To see that interaction with Peter Parker, who's so just a kid of today, is hilarious to me. So that footloose moment just made me laugh because you could see the disappointment um, and almost offense on Star-Lord's face. So uh, I know it's a really small scene, but we are pretty early on our list, so I thought that it was worth mentioning. Uh, AJ, what did you kind of think about that? And just the whole, like, interactions between Spider-Man and the Guardians in general. I, I love the whole interaction between every single one of them, especially, like you mentioned, Peter and Peter. <laughs> I just think those two that are, like, so heavily influenced by pop culture now and in the past, I feel like that those two, like, meld together perfectly, and it just makes all. I would love to see uh, just the whole movie with Peter Quill and Peter Parker just by themselves. That would be incredible. I think it would be one of the funniest Marvel movies to date. But the scene where <laughs> you, <laughs> where um, Peter gives a um alien aliens reference and then he said then Tony said that he was so confused he was like, I'm telling you that someone's coming and then when he sees Mantis he said, Please don't eat me, please don't I just I just love everything that um that happened in that scene. So yeah. Yeah. That that was great. Um you want to don't me, please, because I mean, this is well. I guess it isn't really Peter Parker's first interaction with people who don't look necessarily human because he's seen Vision, but it is his first interaction with a uh, alien. So I, I just thought that that was just so funny to me. He's just a gem, like honestly, a gem in the MCU. But uh, Ryan. What did you think about that scene and their interactions with each other? Like AJ said, put Peter Quill and Peter in a room together for a whole movie, and that will just be pop culture central. It probably be funnier than any of the best fucking sit comedies I've ever seen. Honestly, bro, that scene is pretty fire. I remember watching it. I was at like a, it was like 12 o'clock in the morning because I went to an 11 p.m. showing and I was bawling my eyes out. I was so tired, but the scene was so funny. I just kept laughing because Peter's so young and all he does is make quips on pop culture pretty much that everyone knows about. And it just seems like he's the only person that thinks he knows about it. (laughs) The whole Footloose thing is they it, it's it's really weird that Footloose scene because the way they cut the movie is you can almost not hear it because it, it, he says it so fast and the movie cuts and it's so, it seems so different but once you catch it dude it's it's fucking funny because Chris Pratt is like just a dumb lovable guy and Tom Holland is like this quirky twenty one year old stuck in a fifteen year old's body and 
it just creates a masterpiece, and it really shows you that even though they've never shared a scene together, the chemistry is there, so if they ever do do a future scene together, you can trust that they'll be fucking hilarious together, honestly. I know, and the sad reality is that we'll probably never see Spider-Man and Star-Lord on screen together again. So, really, that's kind of the only scene that we have memorialized in our head and on screen, but it that's is what it is. That's negative thinking right there. I, I know. <laughs> you negative nilly? How dare you? I'm, I'm sorry, guys. This is You're what a dream killer. I'll kill my dreams. <laughs> This is what happens when we do the show at night. I just I I put out that negative energy. My bad, guys. My bad. Um, I will uh, be more positive, and we will see Star Lord and Spider Man in a scene together again. No, you uh, can't. No takesies, backsies. No takesies, backsies. What what I, is this? Commun a communist <laughs> country? Uh, but yeah, so that is going to be my number eight. Uh, AJ. Give us your number seven spot. Um, I'm going to choose um, when Tony Stark takes Spider-Man's suit away from him. Um, oh. There's a specific quote I want to mention. It says, if you're nothing without the suit, then you're nothing at all. And that scene, I feel like, embodies the whole movie of Homecoming. And it just shows, it just gives... Um, Spider-Man some more it gives some more character development in the future and all of that. I just I just think some um when um Tony said that he sees he sees himself in Peter and he sees um Peter making the, all the mistakes that he had, he did um in past um past movies as well. So he wants Peter to learn how to be a be a separate hero away from Tony and everybody else be his own hero and I really hope hopefully that they'll develop that more and far from home uh so yeah I'll choose when Spy um Tony Stark takes Spider-Man to the way yeah that scene is incredibly poignant because you know Tony Stark um doesn't have any superhuman abilities, so he does rely on his suit. Yes, also his intellect as well, incredibly. We saw that proven in the first Avengers when Captain America asked him, you know, what else is he without the suit? And so for someone like Tony to then say to Peter, you know, you're nothing without, the, you know, if you're nothing without the suit, then you don't deserve it. And whew, that, uh, that scene was just really powerful because it was really intense and I don't think you kind of uh, that expected Tony to kind of like put the hammer down so hard as he did and you could just see like the distraught on Peter's face I mean that's his you know idol pretty much that's his mentor he thinks so highly of Tony and for Tony to essentially say you don't deserve this and take it away from him yeah, that really definitely hit all the feels there. Uh, when I first saw this, I was like, wow, this is not the, say, quote-unquote campy movie that a few people had said it was before I saw it, you know? I really like that scene. I love that interaction between them because it really just set up so much more for their relationship. I really enjoyed it. And, of course, is I is that the scene, AJ, by the way, that – Tony says to Peter, 
you know, if something happened to you, I wouldn't be able to live with it yes. or something. Okay, yes. yeah. So, I mean, just you got so much, like, great interactions in that in that scene. It was so good. Yeah, definitely it's love a, that. Sorry, go ahead. It's reality, though. It's, it's like um, Peter has been treating this all like funny games and all of that. Mm-hmm. You can actually tell by that in the um, – earlier in the movies, but Tony gave him, like, true perspective on what the hero life is and all of that, and it's not, and he's basically saying it's not all fun and games. If you're here for the long run, then you have to actually put your all into it and take it more seriously, and I feel like that is something that hit Peter the most out of, like, the whole movie, and like I said earlier, I really hope that they develop that more and Far from home, where Peter becomes his own instead of um, becoming like like another spy, um, not Spider Man, um, Iron Man. I will say that from what we've seen in the trailers, and again, I haven't seen the movie and I haven't looked at the leaks or anything, so I don't know what's really going to go on in the movie, but it does look a little like they're trying to set up for him to be another Iron Man um, based on Happy kind of showing Peter that a lot of Tony's tests is available to Peter, but I do hope that at some point Spider-Man kind of, like, takes the seat back and goes, you know what, like, Tony would want me to be my own hero and not be essentially another him. So we'll have to see, obviously, when Far From Home comes out, what it's really like, but just the whole mentor relationship between them was was one of the best relationships in the MCU. So, uh, Ryan, you know, what were your thoughts kind of during this scene that AJ uh, told us? Um, I'm actually glad you mentioned this scene because I don't know if you guys ever heard this argument about Spider-Man in the MCU. A lot of people apparently feel like he's being backpacked by Tony, that he's not his own quote-unquote hero because of everything Tony gives him between the suit, life lessons, and all that. And they feel like Tony's more Spider-Man than Peter Parker is. And honestly, I don't know if you guys ever heard that argument, but just to kind of counter-argue them, they need to re-watch Homecoming and watch this scene that AJ mentioned where in the beginning or Civil War, Tony Stark gives him this modified Spider-Man suit throughout the beginning and middle. Yeah. We find out that he kind of modified it to help him fight crime, but at the same time, Peter still needs to be a hero no matter how much Tony helps. Because a hero will not be 100% unless it's by themselves. No one, Somebody can only help you get to your destination, but you have to be the one to get yourself there. Oh, so It's like uh, backpacking almost, pretty much, or hitchhiking. You, let's say you want to go from New York to California. Pretend the person walking is Peter Parker. Peter gets a hitch in New York and gets drawn to Nevada. That's what it's like. You're, he's only going to take you so far to the point where you need to reach your final destination. And this scene really helped push Peter into the hero realm, especially by the end of the film. I don't really think this is going to be anyone's, like, one of their moments. Sorry if I'm ruining it, though if it is, but the end when Tony wanted to announce him as an Avenger and he, he got the life lesson from Tony that 
not being an Avenger and all this is what really means to be a hero. It's being true to yourself. And what the scene AJ mentioned is what really helped put an emphasis on it from the rest of the movie going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's set up for so much um, of what we saw from Peter Parker moving forward because even with him jumping out of the school bus in Infinity War and him just putting his putting himself in harm's way because, you know, not to, I guess, quote Thor here, but that's what heroes do. And I just think that the scene that AJ picked really was a very important scene to have in Homecoming and an important scene between Tony and Peter Parker. So great scene, AJ. Uh, Ryan... What's your number six? All right. So before I did Peter Parker, fucking not Peter Porter. I am an idiot. Peter Parker's entry I did before. I'm going to do Spider-Man's entry now in Civil War. Since everyone wants to choose like comedic moments tonight for some reason. (laughs) Tia. But that's not the point. That's not the point. So Civil War, I I used to think was the best MCU movie up to date when it came out. Now it's in, like, my top ten, but it's not, like, number six. Not the point, Ryan. Get your head in the game. Anyway, when they first introduced Spider-Man in the one of the best fucking airport fight scenes ever to be made, dude, Underboost was so iconic, bro. When I heard it, I'm just like, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. Then you heard a splat, and then you saw the white stuff. No, no, no. Stop thinking dirty, by the way. Stop thinking dirty. And then you see Peter's web come up, and you know, he like, hey, guys, I'm Spider-Man. Hey, Cap. And then he goes from, like, this very, like, uh, heroic voice, and then he fangirls over me and Captain America. He's like, and then he does, like, the fucking American salute. He's like, Captain America. And he's essentially the Ant-Man of Iron Man's team, because in Civil War, Ant-Man fangirled over Captain America, and then on Tony Stark's side, you have Tom Holland, Spider-Man, fucking fangirling over Captain America. It was great. It showed us that not only can he be really funny as Peter Parker, but he has the charisma to be Peter Parker and Spider-Man at the same time, which is what I felt like that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield had trouble with. Like, I felt Tobey Maguire had more so the Peter Parker than Spider-Man, and I felt like Andrew Garfield had more of the Spider-Man than Peter Parker. But Tom Holland has, be- like, a great 50-50 even out between Peter Parker and Spider-Man. So you give us the right rendition. And this fight scene, the, the whole introduction with him and the fight scene was great. It gave us the, the nostalgia on pop culture with the Star Wars reference. He's like, did you guys ever watch that really old Star Wars movie? And everyone was just like, Dude, this, how young is this kid? And it, it's great. So he takes the web, then he goes around Ant-Man's legs and drops him like an AT-AT in Star Wars. And you really get a vibe that it's still he's still a kid. He doesn't change who he is because he's wearing a suit and has powers, which is what I thought the other Spider-Man movies had a real problem with, that they kind of changed personalities kind of when they put on the Spider-Man suit, but not Tom Holland. Um, and by the way, the reason why I'm probably picking, uh, or at least where why it seems like 
this first half of the list is so light is because I know we're going to be getting into the really sad mm-hmm. shit. No, I can't. No. Okay. You know what my number one is. You know what my number one is. <laughs> but, I'm too predictable. I'm too predictable. I will, I will say that this was on my list, but this entrance. It was absolutely fantastic to have, you know, this intense standoff between the two sides. And then Tony's like, all right, I'm getting tired of this. Like, come on, Spidey. And Spidey just hops in. Feels Captain America's shield, and he's just like Cap, and just that whole and, and because you know that the rest of the Avengers were looking at this like, who the hell is this person here? Like, what happened? Tony just got a random little superhero in his pocket, pretty much, and flung him out like a goddamn freaking Pokemon, you know? Like, just so funny, and I loved everything. And first, yes, that airport scene was insanely good. I just loved speaking about Spider-Man and Captain America's shield when Spider-Man is pretty much saying that the physics of Cap's shield absolutely make no sense. I thought that was hilarious. Hey. Just to kind of like put that out there was just so funny to me. Um, yeah, I thought that was great because we weren't originally going to have a Spider-Man in Civil War. And I think that they integrated him perfectly into the movie and especially that scene. So that absolutely fantastic. Um, AJ, what were your thoughts in uh, Spider-Man's entrance? Did you think that it was a good entrance worthy of the MCU? It was a, it was the, per- it was the perfect entrance for Spider-Man and the MCU. Um, you guys basically mentioned everything that I loved in that scene. But I will say the scene where um um where um Spider Man was crawling on Giant Man, I thought that was funny. I I just loved everything in that in that um airport scene. You you already said um you already said it, but um when Spider Man took Captain America's shield and the way he land the superhero landing. Uh, <laughs> In words of Deadpool, here's a superhero landing. I just loved it. I just loved all of it. Um, I do want to mention a, there wasn't it wasn't in um, Civil War, but it was in Homecoming, where um, Peter was video recording the fight the whole time, and then oh, that, <laughs> he the used the face running right? camera. Mm-hmm. He oh, used the face running camera, and then he was like, "Hold on, hold on, hold on! Here I come!" And then he turned it off. He just laid it on the ground and just swing through, and then the scene where he still catch it. I just thought the whole thing was incredible. Yeah, and I'm going to mention one other interaction in that whole scene was when Spider-Man, um, I forget what he catches, but he catches something big, and uh, freaking him and Cap are having that interaction where he goes, you know, I'm just from Queens or something like that. And Cap's like Brooklyn and he just runs away. And I'm like, that's such an authentic New Yorker moment there. So I thought that that was really yeah. cool. I don't know. If you, right? I, I'm glad you mentioned that. I don't know if you guys mentioned this. I only, I actually ca- caught it in Endgame and I saw it, I saw it today, but in the final battle, spoiler alert, if you're, the one in one million that hasn't seen fucking Endgame. Sorry, you got to put that out there real quick. But in the <laughs> final battle, when they all come back, 
I think it's when they're passing the gauntlet around. Uh, yeah, it's when they're passing the gauntlet around. Spider-Man gets the gauntlet, and he activates instant kill and gets overrun by the Outriders. And yeah. Captain throws the hammer. He says, hey, Queens, catch this. So that was a nice callback to uh, yeah. Civil War that I caught. I'm like, oh, shit. And, dude, even, like, almost ten years later, and he still remembers this kid after being inducted. What a fucking G. What a G. <laughs> yes, that was absolutely amazing. Another great online, chem- not on wow, on-screen chemistry between Peter Parker and Cass is their whole, like, uh, repertoire that they have with each other, both being from New York, I think is absolutely perfect. So, yeah, um, fantastic. Uh, whose turn is it? Is it my turn? Yeah. Forget yeah. It. Yep, 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 now it's my turn. Okay, all right, so speaking about Endgame, I am going to pick the scene where uh, Peter, um, you know, first meets back up with Tony. And they have that hug moment because it's the hug moment that we all needed as a fandom um, because that is something that has, and I know that it's going to be mentioned, so I'm not going to go too far into it in this, uh, you know, to kind of like, but, you know, so in like Spider-Man Homecoming, right, when Tony goes and reaches over to get the door open and Peter thinks that he's hugging him. You know, again, as I said earlier, this is someone that he clearly looks up to and also maybe, you know, they always kind of say that Tony is essentially the Uncle Ben of the MCU, and we can see that Peter probably has a little bit of those feelings uh, even already developed in Homecoming. So he wanted that hug, and, you know, I shall not say what happened in Infinity War just in case one of you uh, fellas want to take it. But when he, first of all, absolutely loved the scene when everyone came back from the snap in Endgame. I mean, that shit was freaking epic. And when the circle opens and you first see the Guardians and then freaking Spider-Man swings in, my theater went insane. I was going insane. It was so good. And just to have that candid moment where Peter's telling Tony, yeah, so then, you know, this happened and Dr. Strange was like, oh, you know, we got to go, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he's like rambling and Tony just hugs him. Oh, it was so authentic. It was so, like, just what everyone in the fandom absolutely needed. And you can see, I think Peter even said, he's like, oh, this is nice right now. And just to have that little moment on the battlefield when all of this insane shit was going on was so refreshing and just completely uh, authentic to Peter Parker's character and his relationship with Tony Stark. So that's definitely going to be my number five. I mean, I can talk about Peter entirely in that scene. Um, You know, as you said, Ryan, the instant kill mode was such a hilarious callback to homecoming when he didn't want to activate instant kill mode, but obviously he needs to do that in Endgame to Captain Marvel, even just like taking the gauntlet from him and him just looking so like exhausted. And he goes, I don't know how you're going to get there. And it's just everything, everything about Peter Parker in that scene, but especially the Peter and Tony hug from, uh, you know, in Endgame is going to be my number five. Uh, Ryan, you know, if you want to kind of 
go on that one and talk about, you know, that whole scene pretty much in Endgame with Peter Parker. So, yeah, the, this, I'm, I'm kind of curious. So, when I say Endgame again, I'm like, what if they never introduced Peter Parker into this movie? Would Endgame not even happen? Would they just let everyone be dusted for the rest of existence? Because if you really think about it, fucking Tony's guilt over Peter dying is the only reason why everyone got undusted. Well, I just wonder what the true motivation would have been, but that's not the point. But when they all come back, on your left, guys, on your left, like, bro, I got so hyped. Get out of here. Like, dude, this is the airport battle and every Infinity War battle and every super fucking hero battle mixed into one in one orgy, having sex and making one baby, and the final scene, the final battle, and the end game is the is that baby. End game is the result of every single fucking action movie ever exists in heaven and orgy, and that is the baby that came out of that orgy. Things got very disturbing. I am so sorry. But let's go to the scene. So I watched one of the uh, like behind the scenes footage things that Robert Downey Jr. posted, and in that scene they they had a cut of it. Where when he came back, Tony kisses him on the cheek. And when I saw that, I'm like, I remember him kissing on the cheek. So when that scene happened and I saw it again, I'm like, let me see if he kisses him on the cheek. Because that seems really weird. He didn't kiss him on the cheek, thank God, because that would have been really weird. But, dude, this scene was so refreshing. Because you're just like, dude, you knew, you know he's been guilty for the past five fucking years over it. When you really think about it, whether Peter came or not, he was still kind of going to get dusted anyway. So why not have him join the fight? You're, you should be glad that he got dusted and not actually killed by Thanos because then he wouldn't actually come back. There, that, that's just a discrepancy, but not the point. This was, one, this was, was a great moment. I, I'm going to mention this because I believe no one else has this, but it's, it, the transparency between when he first meets back up with Tony after the snap, and then when Tony dies, really shows their progression over what is essentially two and a half films, pretty much. You have Infinity War, Homecoming, and half of Civil War, which was maybe a few scenes that Peter was in. And you really see that over two and a half movies, in a in a 22 movie universe right now, that their bond was inseparable to the point where Tony had the chance to bring him back, and he is the only reason why he brought people back. That's how much they cared about each other, whether it didn't seem like that or not. If it wasn't for Peter, I doubt that he would bring everyone back to life. Though that's just theory. He'd become a mass murderer and just let everyone stay dead for his own self gain. That's just me though. Well, Dude, I got dark. Holy shit. You know, it, it, earlier in the movie when Tony was speaking with Pepper and he said, you know, we lost the kid. And he had the picture of him and Peter Parker in his house. He, he didn't have a picture of anyone else. He had a picture of him and Peter Parker. So it clearly showed how much Peter meant to Tony. And there were some rumors floating around before Endgame came out that they may have stayed all dusted, which I 
thought was insane because at really? that point it's like then you wouldn't that was just some rumors, you know, obviously untrue, but I thought that would seem really pointless though. It would be pointless because uh what would you do with the MCU after that? Yeah, right? Anyway, you know, you had to bring them back and that I'm telling you that's like if we did a whole uh, show of, like, best Captain America moments or best Captain Falcon moments or something like that, it would definitely be um, Cap standing there on the battlefield and just hearing Sam go on your left and every single portal beginning to open. That shit was just the most satisfying moment in the MCU. But, yeah, Peter just, like, flying in and he's there just freaking golden, man. It was just so freaking good. I love all of that shit. I could continuously watch that scene. When I went to see Endgame the second time, it was a scene I was most excited to see again because it was that satisfying. But AJ, what did you think um, when Peter and Tony finally got a proper hug in the MCU? This is a scene that really broke me. It just literally made me cry really hard. Um, throughout the whole whole movie, I was like holding back my tears. All I was perfectly fine. I was trying to be, I was trying to be macho man, and I cried. But once that scene scene happened, I literally cried until that scene, until I got to the house. Um, <laughs> so you mentioned this early, but it, it was a callback to um, when Tony opened the door and Peter thought that they were going to hug. So once once that happened, I was like, yes. And it, it just shows the progression of Tony and Peter as as a partner and as like a not not a father-son relationship, probably like um what what's uh a yeah, mentor father-son yeah, mentor relationship. It just shows that Tony wants wants the best for um the future, which is Peter, and he knows that he won't be around for much longer. At least as a as a hero at that moment, he didn't think he was gonna die or anything. Um, I also want to mention the scene after that when Tony actually had the gauntlet on. Spoilers alert, I guess. Um, Tony had the um gauntlet on. And when Vision did that one, the he pointed up a one for his finger, and you realize that you can see that decision. And I know this is about Peter, but I'm talking about Tony right now. <laughs> but the scene where <laughs> Tony, you can see in his face the decision he he makes. But like you mentioned before, where he um Tony only had the picture of Peter, you realize that. Um, Peter was a big influence in Tony's life as much as Tony was in was a big influence in Peter's life. So when he realized that I got him back, I, I it's it's fine. I, he 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 can have the mantle of the future and all of that. So that whole scene, I just I just felt like it was a great scene for the future of the MCU and so on. I really like that you mentioned that because I would like to think that there was a part of Tony who sat back and was satisfied because 
he accomplished his goal. Not only did he bring everyone back, but he brought Peter back, and he knew that uh, the world was going to be in good hands because Peter was there, and maybe he had a moment where he thought that Pepper was going to be able to properly take care of Peter as well, and that kind of helped him with that decision that he finally made. Yeah, I guess, spoiler alert, uh, if you haven't seen Endgame, apparently there was an interview that Tom Holland was on and he mentioned what happened in Endgame and people got really pissed and it's like it's been out for like three months or something like that. You haven't seen it yet. You know, too bad for you, I guess, but don't get mad at the guy for talking. Like, (laughs) clearly you should know that shit goes down in that movie. I don't know. That whole thing was just like whack to me. But uh, yeah, that I like that you mentioned that completely. That was great. Peter Parker and uh, Tony's relationship as a whole, it was really refreshing. And I hope that we get to see maybe something a little similar to that in the future of the MCU. So, um, AJ, I'm going to go back to you now uh, for your number four spot. Uh, I'm going to pick the when. Peter Parker rejects the Iron Man. Uh, yeah, Peter Parker rejects Iron Man, the spider, the Iron Spider suit. Um, at the end of Homecoming, I I mentioned this earlier, but when Tony, it goes back to where Tony talks about if you don't want the suit, if you can't be nothing without the suit, you, you know the quote. Um, you won't be nothing at all. It just shows from the beginning of Homecoming to that specific point that Peter as a character has um, has grown in that certain aspect of his life. And I felt like that was the perfect ending to the perfect ending to Homecoming. And I just feel like that um, Peter will have much more to learn other than that in future in future movies, but that was a great stepping off point to him being um what is it called? Being um a superhero for just himself or um for other people, becoming a friendly neighborhood Spider Man, so to speak. Yeah. Um when that scene happened, right, because we know that Spider-Man wanted desperately to be in the Avengers. I mean, it's all he talked about, all he focused on in Homecoming. He kept kind of brushing off his normal high school life because he said to Ned, you know, I'm going to be an Avenger, I'm an Avenger, blah, 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 and everything that happened in Homecoming. So when Tony finally offered him, like, hey, kid, you're going to you know, be an Avenger now. This is what's actually happening. I'm going to take you out, and this is going to be now your life. And there, I was watching, I was like, he's going to reject it. I was like, he's going to reject this moment right now. And he did. And you can see the look on Tony's face, which was hilarious, because then Tony tried to kind of, like, play it off. Like, oh, yeah, I knew he was going to do that. I knew that this was going to happen. So proud of him for making that decision is like no clearly not he was like yeah no there's no actual reporters over there this complete you know fabrication and then pepper coming out and she's like i have all these reporters what the hell am i supposed to tell them i just thought that was such a great moment and even when 
I loved when Happy turned around and he was like, I told you he was a good kid. Because throughout that whole movie in Homecoming, Happy seemed very disgruntled to even have the job of looking over Peter. So I think that was really good and also sets up for, I guess, spoiler alert, but in the Spider-Man Far From Home trailers, you see that Happy has a much more closer relationship with Peter and I think that that kind of helped set it up as well. So I really enjoyed that scene. I enjoyed seeing Peter take a very responsible stance on the whole thing and realizing that he needs to kind of, you know, still be in high school, still be a quote-unquote normal kid, but also be there for the neighborhood because that's what he does. And I really like that. And also the return of Pepper Potts because we didn't have her in Civil War and obviously they had that one line where Tony kind of said that him and Pepper were on the frit for her to come in. I thought that was very satisfying. And, of course, we had the little engagement drop there, uh, which was really good. That is a fantastic scene. Just seeing the development of Peter in that moment was great. So, um, Ryan, what did you think of when – First of all, did you think in that moment that Peter was going to reject being an Avenger, and how did you feel about it in general? Um, I really, I, I kind of knew he was going to reject it once he had the whole pep talk kind of thing. I, I had a feeling it's some like a big opportunity comes up at the end. I'm surprised he denied the suit. Not gonna lie, because that's a pretty dope ass fucking suit. He could have been like. Yo, Tony, hit me up with the soup, and I'll join the Avengers. He gets the soup, he's like, nah, bro, I'm joking. Peace, and takes the soup with him. <laughs> I was waiting for that, but that, that ain't Peter. That ain't Peter, but, um, no, nah, I wasn't too surprised, but I felt like they kind of retconned it pretty fast, if you know what I mean. Because Peter's been in every single Marvel movie since 20, well, in a Marvel movie every year since 2016, and 2020 is going to be the first year where he's not in it. So 2016, he was introduced, couldn't wait to be an Avenger. 2017, it was him becoming an Avenger. And then by the end of 2017, the, the film, he's like, I don't want to become an Avenger. But as soon as Infinity War picks back up, he's like, oh, I want to be an Avenger. So I feel like they kind of retconned that ending a little bit or kind of blew it off to the side, which wasn't that big of a deal. But I felt like the ending of uh, Homecoming – felt a little sour after seeing Infinity War. That's just me personally. But I felt like it was that was Peter Parker. He didn't care about being famous. He cared about where the action was and saving the people, which is why he wanted to be an Avenger, not to be publicized and be like, oh, he's a great hero, yada, yada, yada. So it totally felt in his character to do that, which I appreciated. Well, I will say that, you know, when Tony offered for him to be an Avenger, it was during a moment where there wasn't really any big conflict. I mean, yeah, they had the whole separation of the Avengers that, uh, you know, in the film prior, but there really wasn't so much of a need for him to really just yet join the Avengers. But of course, then in Infinity War, there's the threat of the whole entire world being decimated. Obviously, there was a ship from the freaking sky that came out. So I think in that moment, then Peter was ready to kind of hop into action. And, you know, it's 
essentially started, I guess, not started, but, you know, uh, really kind of focused in on New York in that moment. And he's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. It was threatening New York. It was threatening his neighborhood. So he, he jumped in. Bullshit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> My bullshit meter is going off. Oh, boy. No, I, I think he's saying, but it's, I don't know. It's all really weird because you have him be like, no, nah, I don't want to be Avenger. I'd rather be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. But then after they have that conflict on the on the donut shit in Infinity War, and Tony's like, you're now an Avenger. Wasn't he going to be an Avenger, like, fucking however months before that took place? And I thought it was kind of odd that but he it, did it now and not, like, before they saved Doctor Strange. I don't know. That's just me. And then you saw Peter's like, oh, my God, I'm finally a fucking Avenger. Well, you know, he rejected it. That wasn't his moment, so he had that. I love that scene where uh, Tony essentially knighted him as an Avenger, and you saw, like, Peter's uh, shoulders pop up a little, and he's just so happy because, yes, now he's an Avenger. I'm an I Avenger. I didn't take it as, like, oh, yay, now uh, Tony thinks I'm worthy. I think it was just, like, all right, now if he was re- – I don't know. I love that scene. I didn't feel like – it that scene in Homecoming was, you know, lessened because of the events of Infinity War, but that's just me. That's just me. I'll, I will say that that scene specifically, it's, I think, um, the other way around than you do. Um, when he was knighted, I feel like he didn't really care that he was an Avenger. At least that's what I think. I think that the only, um, the only reason he cared... The only reason why he cared was because Peter um, Peter realized that Tony respects him or thinks that he respects him and all of that. That's why I think that he felt proud in that moment because of Tony nodding him as an Avenger because that Pete, um, Tony respects him as um, so much that he chose him to be an Avenger. So it's yeah. more of the respect. It's more of the respect than the actual title. I would say that that would, you know, sounds plausible to me. But All right, you guys can just keep ganging up on me. I get it. I get it. I'm wrong. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay, Ryan. You know, we can all be wrong every once in a while. <laughs> but you know what, Ryan? Just for that, we're going to give you the, the ooh, what number is it? Number three spot. All right, all right. I'm coming in hot like motherfucking Cheetos up in this bitch. So, my number three pick, I mean, it, it, it shouldn't be this hard to pick ten, but there's so, like, little little amounts of Peter Parker in the MCU. But you know what? I'm going to give this film far from home. Yes, before anyone says anything, I have not seen the film. I'm going to do it off the trailer because trailers tell you everything about the movie. But let's get right into the news. That's a Keemstar reference if anyone didn't get that. But not the point. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna choose the scene that they published online between Mysterio and Peter. Now you guys probably like go right why the fuck are you choosing a scene that they they put online? Because essentially, dude, that's fucking Peter, my dude. He gets yelled at and he starts like whimpering because he gets yelled at because he never feels like he's doing anything right. And when he does feel like he's doing something right, he's doing something wrong to another person. Like, 
the whole drama throughout Far From Home, if no one knows this already, but it's him trying to keep his social life and not have the burden of trying to be the next uh, Iron Man. So he's just trying to hang out on his vacation with his friends and be quote-unquote normal. But Nick Fury got to come in like a motherfucker and ruin that like he always does with that one fucking cat-eyed scratch shit, which I'm still pissed about today. That's the point, though. And it really shows you that they can, Marvel can take a villain in the comics and kind of turn it on his head. Now, I'm not going to make assumptions about Mysterio. That's not why I'm here, guys. I'm not here to ruin your fucking lives unless you saw my Instagram page. Then I'd really ruin it with this ugly-ass face. Not the point, though. But it really shows you that even when Peter gets yelled at for doing the right thing to him, it's not the right thing to someone else, and he feels like he's letting them down. Because whether something's right, it is also wrong to someone else, and what is wrong could be a right to someone else. So he's never going to please 100% of the people when that's what he's trying to do, and that 100% of the people is being Nick Fury. He's not standing up to be this hero that he's supposed to be, and he's just trying to be a high schooler. And Mysterio, quote-unquote, coming from a different earth, understands that, and tries to show him that he's not alone and that since Tony's gone, he has other people to talk to, whether it's a lie or not. Because I don't know. I'm rephrasing that. I don't know what happens in this movie. If anyone quotes me saying, oh, Ryan spoiled it for me, you can lick my asshole. I'm just mentioning a thought, okay? I am sorry if I ruined your movie-going experience. Okay, I'm, not, I'm done screaming. I'm sorry. I'm going to lose my vocal cords. Anyway, that's, that's, my, that's my next pick. Y'all can roast me and now. I, and I'm sorry. It, I do apologize for that. Um, shit was, like, happening in the background. Can you just repeat what – you don't have to go through the whole thing. I heard, like, the other parts, but what is the exact scene that you're putting down? I get it. It's from Far From Home. <laughs> uh, the, the scene they posted online after Peter didn't – like, kind of accept Nick Fury's offer to get the elementals, and he's sitting on, like, that rooftop, and Mysterio comes up and gives him, like, a, mm. a little pep talk saying he's not alone. Okay, okay, I get it now. I was like, let me uh get this straight before I keep going. Dude, but... she doesn't even <laughs> listen to me. My parents don't listen to me. Fuck! I can't I'm do sorry, it anymore. Ryan. I'm sorry, Ryan. Don't, don't, don't abandon us. Don't abandon us. Um, so I am obviously I and I guess I should say this too. I don't know what's going to go on in Far From Home. Know nothing about it except for what they post online. Which, by the way, I saw this like hilarious meme, and it was like, um, it was it goes Disney. If you you know we're not going to post anything about the movie about Endgame online. If you breathe a spoiler, we're going to come from you, come for you and your family. And then it was Sony. Dude, that's Wanting a huge lawsuit one. right there. I tell you that much. But then, and then it was like, and then it was like Sony want to see the entire movie from all the clips that we dropped because they have been dropping like three clips from the movie a day. It's fucking hilarious. Like you can pretty much, you can pretty much get like the whole movie from all the clips that they've been showing, and I am. So excited to see Mysterio. I love Jake Gyllenhaal. That is going to be like a huge, oh my God. Like to me, and this is my theory really quick, not to get on it too much, but I feel like Mysterio could be the new Loki in the MCU. I'm just saying. 
but yeah, I did like that scene. It, I think that, and this is just my theory, this shit's going to hurt when it all backfires because they're showing this nice scene and they're trying to push Mysterio as the good guy and he's there giving Peter a pep talk and he's saying, you know, part of me wishes that you, you know, didn't have to be in this, but other parts is happy because I know what we're going to, you know, go through, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, you know, it's like, you know, that it's going to turn out that he's a villain, obviously. Uh, no, so, he's not. Your theory is wrong. My, telling I, my theory uh, is correct. Yours is wrong. Well, either way, then one of us is going to owe the other $10 because I feel like my theory is right. He's going to come and just the reason why they're doing all this, portraying him as a good guy and da-da-da-da, they're not going to do what they did in Captain Marvel and, like, you know, make the scrolls the quote-unquote good guys. They're doing this just for the deception of it because that's what Mysterio is. He deceives people, and they're deceiving people even watching the trailers and the clips, and he's going to be revealed as a villain. But that's just my theory there. But uh, Still not AJ, have my heart, though. <laughs> AJ, what are you thinking about this whole Mysterio thing and the clip that Ryan has picked between Mysterio and Peter? Okay, well, you guys are... Well, Terry, you're on the side that Mysterio's going to be bad, and <laughs> Ryan, you're on the side that Mysterio's going to be good. All I'm saying is y'all need, everybody He's needs to be, be prepared non-existent, for either. <laughs> All, everybody, the whole fandom, you, Ryan, you, Tia, everybody needs to just be prepared that either or what will happen. So you won't be disappointed and scream out, oh, Spider-Man Far From Home sucks. It's terrible because it didn't do this, didn't do that. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm saying. AJ's really coming out of my life right now. No, let me say, AJ, like, if they turn around, right, and they say, like, you know, Mysterio's a good guy, whatever, I'm not going to be mad. That just means hopefully we'll be seeing more of Mysterio, more of Jake Gyllenhaal I just an apology, in the MCU. Yeah, I, I'm just apology. saying. But either way, I have no problem with him being a villain. One of my favorite characters in the MCU is Loki, and that guy ping-pongs between doing the good thing, doing the bad thing all That's the time. True. Like, That's true. So, so if they wanted to have Mysterio be the same way, I have no problem with it. You know, I like the Loki even after he, like, blew up half of New York. So, you know, Mysterio, that's Jake Gyllenhaal. That's one of my childhood crushes. He could do no wrong. Will, will you be mad if this is his only movie? I will be mad about that yeah. because I'll be like, you know, you have Jake, you have Jake Gyllenhaal in the freaking MCU, and you're just going to reduce him down to one movie? Come on. Nah, his name is Gyllen Daddy. His name is Jill and Daddy. Jill and Daddy. <laughs> well, it's the same thing almost, though, like how, uh, you know, because I have heard that Michael Keaton is not returning for Far From Home, those rumors that came out, like, you know, a year ago or something that he was are completely false. I mean, that's just what I heard. They could trick us, but that is what has been reported, you know. They're, they that, are known for liars in the MCU. They are known that is, for that. That is true. So I am wondering, you know, are are they actually going to set up for the Sinister Six? Dude, I hope so. Hope. 
Because Wait, then they um, trilogy has set up for a fucking Sinister Six movie, and they never do it because the studio will just ass blast them. <laughs> what do you think, Let's AJ? Do you think you're actually gonna do it? Bro, I will make a fucking Sinister Six movie. I will message Tom Holland and ask him to be in my porn parody of the Sinister Six. Don't do that. I will get it done. Okay. If you say so. Do you have the money for that? Because I will help. (laughs) I'm going to ask him to do it for due diligence and common courtesy. That's what I'm paying him. I don't know if Tom Holland would be up for that. And free lunch. And how can you give up a free lunch? But he's got to pay airfare. (laughs) Okay. Because a bitch That's a pretty good deal. That's a pretty good deal. Free lunch? uh... Yeah, dude, fuck it. (laughs) Listen. Hold up. Can I message him right now? Let me see. What'd you say? I'm going to try messaging him right now. You're going to try messaging Tom Holland? That's that's pretty cool. I mean... Uh, How do you Ryan, say his name? Ryan may actually have Tom Holland. He may actually have Tom Holland's number because my man over here met Tom Cavanaugh in the gym the other day. Or no, where Tom you know? Cavanaugh Equinox, bro. That's so cool. I don't mean to get off I'm subject sorry. there for a second, but I think that's freaking awesome. All right, hold up. This is how I'm starting it. Hey, what's going on? I got a proposition for you, man. If <laughs> don't Marvel ask doesn't do a sinister, I don't even know how to spell sinister. Sinister six <laughs> Spider Man three solo film for you. I think I will I make it a trilogy for Spider Man. I don't know if I read Dude, they're making like, like nine films, I heard, which I'm completely down with. I don't know. Are they going to, though? Because the whole Sony and Disney contract, I mean, we could be seeing the end of Tom Holland's Spider Man, the MCU. Just saying. I can honestly see Sony and um, the MCU teaming up I would in the love future. That. If they do a right, Spider-Man and Venom-like movie, yeah. I would be so happy about that. The way they're going right now, I feel like that might happen. Yeah. Okay, but, um, so, well, wait, hold on. Ahead, Tell me how you, what you guys think of this. Hey, what's going on? I got a proposition for you, man. If Marvel doesn't do a Sinister Six Spider-Man 3 solo film for you, I will make it. I will be the director, producer, and every other actor. It will be a two-man act. You should say if Sony that doesn't so accept far. that. I don't care. I am Sony. Plot twist. I hope Ryan doesn't send that, but also kind of hoping that he does. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what the response is. Um, but I am actually going to move into the number two spot here. I am leaving the number one open for you, AJ, so choose wisely, but I'm going to put the end of Homecoming with Spider-Man choosing to save Vulture, because I felt, I felt that that was a very, like, 
it just attested to the type of hero that Spider-Man is. The fact that he chose to, first of all, that whole thing was just amazing to see how he kind of, you know, we see we see Peter Parker and he is like being crushed by shit and he's like distraught and he doesn't have a suit and then he realizes that he this is his moment to be the hero and you know he sees Vulture and I Adrian right is his name I forget but you see Vulture and he he could have just left him there he could have just left him there and it could have been one of those moments where in a lot of Marvel movies where the villain you know dies at the end but instead Peter chooses to save him despite all that um, and I just really enjoyed it because first of all it's Michael Keaton and you you want to leave the door open to have Michael Keaton in in the MCU back again. So I just really enjoyed that scene. I enjoyed uh, just the whole heartbreak and the whole, like, this is your hero moment of Peter just rising uh, despite the fact that he didn't have a suit, didn't have the thing that he thought made him a hero, and him just realizing he is the hero without it is such a powerful scene. Him saving Vulture despite the fact that this was a guy who just tried to kill him and has killed other people because first of all I felt like Vulture, yes he was a villain but kind of also like a relatable villain, he was doing all this shit really to just support his family Um, I just really liked that whole thing all in general, so AJ what did you think of the end of Homecoming with that scene of Spider-Man not only overcoming his restrictions but then saving Vulture as well I'm gonna. You, I've been repeating myself all day with this. Um, the character development with Peter Parker is incredible in Homecoming. You have different arcs and different scenes. Um, specifically, the when Spider-Man decides to save Vulture, it just shows that Peter, as a hero, knows to either actually save someone that truly needs to be saved and versus people who don't need to be saved. And you felt like the vulture needed to be saved because he has a family. He, he knows that he really isn't a bad guy, but wants to do what's right for his family. So for Peter to make that decision to save save his life was probably one of the best decisions he made throughout the whole movie. And this is probably like one of like 10 reasons, one of 10 million reasons why I love this Peter Parker more than Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield is because of these type of decisions they made, um, they decided to choose from. And just the emotion no, no, I'm thinking about the scene now. Anyway, when when you see Peter um, telling Vulture to stop so that he won't, like, go all over the place and um, probably kill himself, he, he, oh, my goodness, I can't even think right now. <laughs> it, just, it just shows, it just shows that Peter as a character in the MCU 
it, it doesn't need to be specifically like the comic books as long as it has a great develop as long as he has a great development in the movie you know that he is a great character regardless and I will add that that scene also kind of built up to the end credit scene when she, uh, the vulture is in prison yeah. and the one guy says, I heard that you know who Peter Parker is. And that, could, I mean, not Peter, that you know who Spider-Man is. And that could have been his chance to turn around and been like, yeah, it's this kid named Peter Parker because that was, you know, that could have been his villain moment where everything got fucked up. But because I think they had that interaction and even like interactions earlier in the movie is when he decided, you know, to kind of keep that identity to himself. So, yeah, that, I just like that whole thing. Um, I should mention before I go over to Ryan that Ryan really did uh, send that message to Tom Holland, guys. <laughs> oh, I hope he replies. I'm be majorly disappointed. I just want to be left on scene at least. <laughs> this kid is crazy. But Ryan, oh, what did, did you think about it? Did Did y'all see that video where Tom Holland um back um made, um forced the guy to back up because uh because a girl was right there and that guy was like knocking her all over the place. So he no. just pushed the guy back and told him to stop. It's on it's on Twitter right now. I gotta look it up. What a gentleman! Love it, um, Ryan. What did you think about that scene with Spider-Man? Not only realizing that he's a hero without his suit, but also saving Vulture in the process. Um, smart decision. Um, if I'm gonna be honest, I felt like the version that they were going for with Spider-Man was too lighthearted for them to actually kill him at the end. So I knew he wasn't going to die and Peter was probably going to save him. Because, one, he knows he's not hes not a bad guy, bad guy. He's not trying to go for world domination. In the end, he's just trying to help out his family because the government fucked him over. That's pretty much the whole thing. Otto, can you stop biting me? I'll bite you back, you dog. Like I was saying, um, he, he he's not going for world domination. And he's just a family man trying to support him and his family because the government screwed him over. And it helps that his daughter is the, the, his, his crush at the same time. So at the end, he knew he wasn't going to die. And Peter would do anything to save him. But I was kind of shocked when he didn't give up his identity. Because I was like, interesting, because I thought he would be the type. I'm not going to lie. So that did, that did kind of throw me off guard. Yeah, that's what I thought as well, that that was, they were going to set up something there, that he was going to then reveal the identity and that was going to then lead into Far From Home, the sequel. But then again, I think that that was, they really did kind of mold a good character with the vulture in making him this family man and then also showing that he isn't just a evil person hell-bent on causing destruction like so many of the Marvel villains that we've seen, he, you know, is, as we kept saying, a family man. And I think that he, in a way, respects uh, Peter Parker, and that's why he decides to conceal his identity. I just, And as you said, the government screwed him over. He was making, you know, a decent living doing what he was doing after the quote-unquote incident from 
the first Avengers, and then the government kind of stepped in and decided that they were going to essentially take away people's livelihood. And just like, I mean, not just like, you know, because not every working class person is doing this, but, you know, he felt fed up. And he decided that if he needs to get ahead in this life, then he needed to take those extra steps in order to provide for his family. And I think he even says that at some point to Peter, you know, us normal guys, like we're the ones who are getting screwed. And, you know, at some point you just have to, I don't know, I'm not going to go too into it because people listening are going to be like, oh, my God, what what are these Geek Vibes Nation people doing? You know, some illegal shit. No, we're not not. We're not condoning what the vulture did. I'm just saying that I understood no, I what the vulture did. Oh, oh well, uh, you didn't hear that from Hail us. Hydra. But, uh, <laughs> I his can't. reasons I, were justified. His reasons were justified. Yes, thank you, AJ. You, I, I can't speak apparently tonight, but um. Guys, we are down to the number one slot, and before we get to it, I'm just going to read off our choices for the top ten fire moments in the MCU. We got uh, the Vulture finding out the truth about Peter Parker, Peter Parker's first scene in uh, Captain America Civil War, the footloose debate between Peter Parker and Peter Quill, Tony taking away Spider-Man's suit. Spider-Man's entrance in the Civil War uh, fight scene in the airport hangar. We got Peter and Tony finally hugging in Endgame. We have Peter rejecting becoming an Avenger. Number three, we have Mysterio and Peter's interaction from the clip from Far From Home. Number two, we have Spider-Man saving Vulture. It was really hard reading my handwriting right now, i got to tell you that, guys, um, <laughs> because I was just scribbling, apparently. But AJ, you have the number one spot, so no problem. Way to give me, way to give me the pressure. <laughs> All right, here we go. I am choosing Peter under the rubble after fighting Vulture. Son of a bitch! <laughs> what was your pick? When my motherfucker got dusted. We all. Nah. That's what, <laughs> nah, I'm good. Actually, oh, I, I don't know why I didn't think of that. Okay, I'm like switching. That. I am switching. Ryan. No, 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 no. You can't. I am switching. I, I no, was I was thinking about the scene, but I am I switching. Feel, I feel like Peter under the rubble was kind of covered in my number two pick. I'm just saying. So. If you want to I, take that step, AJ, you can. I literally, I, literally did my, I literally did my notes in like 30 minutes, so I, I literally didn't think of like everything. So I'm actually choosing um, Spider-Man being dusted in Infinity War. That okay. is my final pick. Um, the reason why I chose um, Spider-Man, or the reason why I am choosing Spider-Man being dusted is because that scene was it was probably one of the hardest scenes. It was probably one of the hardest scenes to watch. What? What'd you say? I said because we strong armed you to do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway. 
it was probably one of the hardest scenes I've probably like ever watched in my theater, my movie going experience was because you just see the pain and suffering and Peter's face saying he doesn't want to die. And it's just one of the, and you see Tony um, grabbing onto him, um, fearing that he's really dying. He's trying to like, you just see all the, it's probably, one of the most best acted that Peter um, Tom Holland did and Robert Downey Jr. did to um, to be honest, and the MCU, it's just it's just a fantastic scene overall. Um, that's probably that's the reason why I'm choosing Spider Man being dusted from Infinity War. I will say that I heard that Tom Holland ad libbed that scene. But that's not what I really wanted to go into. What I wanted to go into was this, that whole scene is just a product of everything we've been talking about, everything we've seen in Homecoming when Tony says to Peter, if something happened to you, I feel like it would be on me. And then in Infinity War, first of all, holy shit, Infinity War, what they accomplished in completely leaving a theater stunned and speechless yes. and everyone started disappearing and you see Peter Quill disappearing, Mantis, Drax and then you think like and Doctor Strange and you think okay then it's just going to be Tony and Peter and then when you suddenly hear Mr. Stark, I don't feel and and Tony just sitting there realizing like, no, no, no not him and someone said that uh and maybe he said it, Tom Holland himself, that or director, whatever, that the reason why it took so long and why he could feel it is because of his spidey senses. And, you know, he just runs and grabs onto Tony, and he's like, I don't want to die. And freaking Tony's, like, just holding him. And then after he becomes dusted, when Tony just, like, holds his hand with the freaking, like, you know, remnants of Peter there, oh, my God, just, like, so emotional that hit so hard and I remember months before Infinity War came out I think they had shown the movie like at some sort of event right and of course you have the people who just take pictures and there was a picture online of Peter when he was laying down saying I'm sorry Mr. Stark or something like that and you know everyone on the internet on Tumblr at least was you know, what, why is he saying he's sorry? What's going on? What's going on? And when you find, when I, I finally saw, like, holy shit, this is what is happening. Oh, my God. Just the whole thing was absolutely heartbreaking. And as you said, chills, AJ, chills. And my whole theater was just like, no, not Spider-Man. Just anyone else. Take them all. Just don't take Spider-Man because that shit just hurt way too much. But, um, Ryan, you know, how did that hit you in the field that moment? So after Petey, my Poo-Tang in the future, got dusted, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was waiting for Tony Stark to pull out, like, a, a fucking vacuum to, to, like, suck in the ashes so we can, like, keep him just in case. I was kind of waiting for that scene, but it never happened, so I was kind of disappointed Boy, yo, when my son Peter got dusted, dusted, I'm like, yo, how you guys do this to me? You guys get me all my feelings like, oh, shit, they're going to defeat Thanos. And then she yeah, don't defeat Thanos. 
<laughs> and then the parallel and end game when Tony dies, spoiler alert, after the fact. And then it goes, dude, it was perfect. I can't think of the words. But uh, it's, I don't know. But in Infinity War, you see PD die. And he's like, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good, yada, yada, yada. He falls into his arms. And you can look on Tony's face. My son just, like, he's so combobulated, discombobulated. He's like, what the fuck is going on? Because no one realized what would happen if Thanos snapped his fingers. Some, remember, only some people really knew what would happen. Tony never knew what would happen if he snapped his fingers. He just knew something bad would happen. And when he snapped his fingers, he didn't know he snapped his fingers because Thanos snapped his fingers on the planet. So this all kind of just happened for him. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? Why is everyone disappearing? And then you have Dr. Strange being like, this is the only way. And then he, dude, just like, this is the first time I see, like, kind of teared up in a Marvel movie. And I'm just like, yo, rip, my boy. Rip. I don't know what else to say, but rip. I'm sorry this had to happen, but rip. And I teared up. And I, I remember as soon as he got dusted and the title screen came up and it was the Avengers and the Day War logo, and that dusted away, I'm like, dude, they fucking did it. They did the impossible. They defied all the logic of a, a superhero movie. The heroes come together to, to defeat a villain. They get defeated, then they come back and defeat the villain. Nah, 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 dude. They just get their ass handed to them like a rag doll back and forth throughout the film. They ain't winning. And even It was the ending, Empire Strikes Back of the MCU. Dude, Dude, it was more than the Empire Strike Back. Because even in Endgame, I don't want to get into this too much because it's kind of bullshit with how Thanos was so much more powerful when he was younger and he wasn't as experienced. I'm not going to get into that, but, like, he even almost defeated all the Avengers together. So it was a close call. And does anyone watch Screen Rant by any chance on YouTube? Anybody? No? Okay, Sometimes. so Screen Man did like a video on a theory that Doctor Strange wanted to kill Tony Stark, my dude, and it's got me paranoid. It got me paranoid during the movie, re-watching it today. I, I saw it, I'm like, yo, maybe he did want to kill Tony Stark, as my dog looks at me like, yo, you trying to tell me that Tony Stark was meant to die? Yeah, bro, Tony Stark was meant to die. When Endgame comes out, my man... We gonna watch him. We gonna crack together like bros should, like bros should. Stop hitting me, dog. Stop. But like I'm saying, dude, um, I, I was crying. I was crying. Listen, I just I, I like that you mentioned, by the way, Ryan, about like Infinity War just doing that, like superhero movies just don't do. Because it's always you just expected Infinity War to be the same as everything else. The the heroes were going to prevail at the end, and how you know Thor saw Thanos snap his fingers. Gamora knew what would happen. Nebula knew what would happen. But as far as the others, they were just on another planet, witnessing everyone starting to disappear suddenly, not realizing what the hell was even happening. And that shit just was like hit so hard seeing every I was like shit they really just like decimated everyone everyone it was insane um but yeah that like Peter getting dusted on 
what was I going to say? We didn't mention this in the actual list, but I'm going to throw out there one little final scene when, and I guess, again, spoiler alert, but freaking Tony, when he was dying, and he was, you know, after he had snapped his own fingers, freaking uh, Peter running up to him and saying to him, you know, we did it, Mr. Stark, we did it, and Tony's just like sitting there freaking dying, and that shit hit so hard because Peter was like crying because it's like they just got each other back. You know, Peter was dusted, he comes back, you know, gets the hug that he's always wanted, and then right then after the battle, his mentor and idol and all that, father figure, whatever you want to call him, is dies and I just thought it was so powerful because when um when uh freaking Pepper, you know, put her, her hands on Peter's shoulders and moved him away, like, you know, I got this kid. Like Pepper knew. Pepper knew that this Tony was always going to, you know, do something that was gonna pretty much probably put him in harm's way. And that just scene was so powerful again, and I just kind of wanted to throw that out there, even though it didn't make it to the list, um, and I wanted to know what you guys thought about that scene. So, AJ, what did you think about when Tony was dying and Peter just kind of, like, looking at him so distraught? Because now it was essentially the the tables were turned. It was Peter seeing Tony die as opposed to Tony seeing Peter die. Um. Wow, I'm sorry. I'm I'm tearing up right now. Hold on, give me. Um, what I think of when Peter um saw Tony dying is that you can tell, you can see that Peter didn't want him to go. He still wanted to learn from Tony, and he, you know, that he he feels at this moment he feels like he can't do anything without Tony, but as we all know that for Far From Home, he'll learn how to deal with all that pain and regret and all that. But on that in that specific moment, you can see that that, that um, Peter is basically still a kid, so death, he, he's still not used to, like, death and all that other than Uncle Ben and all. He just, he feels like another another big influence in his life is gone, so he doesn't know how to react to this specific moment. So he does what he does best. He talks and talks and talks, and you can tell that he's sad. And, and then when um, Pepper um, Pepper um, taps him and says, it's okay, and you can see that um, Pepper is trying to be the strong one for Tony and Peter at the same time because you just you just don't you just don't know how hard it is for Peter to feel like that. And then the other way around where Iron or not Iron um Tony Stark sees sees Peter's um dying in his hands and all that. You can see that it's basically it it's all melded in. So both of those scenes are like melded in perfectly. You can see that Tony regrets everything. He feels like that he didn't teach him everything that he knows. He feels like he 
sometimes neglected him at times to make him feel as a feel strong as a superhero or strong as a person can be. Um, he he feels like he can teach him more than he actually did. So it's basically regret for Tony when Peter died and regret when Peter for Peter when Tony died. So those both scenes were probably the best scenes of the MCU and it's well well deserved as well. Yeah, and I thought that it was actually really um, important to have that the three people who were kind of surrounding Tony were Peter, Pepper, and Rhodey because those were essentially the three that were closest to him, the three that were the most important. And, you know, Rhodey is a soldier, um, so he's seen a lot of casualties in his life, and Pepper has kind of been in this world for so long, so she's seen a lot of shit, but this is like as you said, Peter not seeing a lot of death uh, very often. Um, sorry, I was just there's like a lot of like, is that you, Ryan, with all that like loud background noise right now? Or is, Let is me know in like three I, seconds. I hear an echo. I'm going to try something. Let me know if you hear it in like three seconds. Uh-uh. I don't hear anything. All right, then that's me. Then that's me, okay. Yo, dog, can you get off my foot, please? And thank you. <laughs> but, um, Ryan, right. what did you think honest. of that scene in Endgame that we were just talking about? Oh, dude, I was just fucking bawling. I've never cried like a motherfucker in a movie before up until that moment. Because the whole I Am Iron Man, dude, first, I love you 3000, and then it's I Am Iron Man. And then it's the role reversal that Tony dies now and not Peter. And Peter's like the second one to comfort him. He's like, I'm like, don't worry, you're my boy. You lost too much already. Can you just gain something? Do it. I'll be your fucking girlfriend. Fuck MJ. Like, come on. I felt so bad for the dude. He loses everything. I wouldn't be surprised if MJ dies and fucking far from him. By the way, have not seen the movie. So if anyone tells me, oh, are you spo-? I'm not spoiling it. I'm just saying. Okay, so chill out before you get my, my DMs. Be like, yo, I'll kill your family if you tell me. Like, I know, relax, you'll kill my family. I played Xbox, from, like, in 2012, dude. That's all I heard when I, like, they thought I'd like, Call of Duty. Get out of here. But, like I'm saying, I want Tom Holland to reply to me and we'll make a Sinister Six movie. Because, dude, my, my heart was broken during that scene. It was fantastic. I don't know if you guys really realize this but um after pepper said you you can sleep now we'll be fine to resemble that he died his arc reactor shut down to kind of resemble that he's dead now motherfucker is not gone but he's gone gone like he's dead dead he in the grave grave if you really think about it the promo has kind of spoiled it for us because in the final trailer for endgame i'm pretty sure when they're doing the montage of all the past MCU movies in the black and red like logo screens the very first scene is Tony Stark's little heart thing his arc reactor from the first one saying proof that Tony Stark has a heart and I'm just like yo dude they kind of spoiled spoiled it like goddamn, and we some dumb bitches not to realize it but dude it was such a great scene and, uh, dude, oh, dude, I hate talking about it, and I say dude way too much because I'm stupid, and I don't know the English language, but 
it was just fantastic. I thought it was a great ending for the characters. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so, guys, while we have a little bit of time here left, I guess we should talk a little bit about Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, what are your guys' thoughts in them deciding to include, say, Nick Fury and Maria Hill in this? Uh, Ryan, do you think that it's necessarily necessary to have these two, uh, you know, in the film? I mean, we're at the point in the MCU where I don't think it's necessary to have anyone in each other's movies at this point. But, I don't know, dude, I like Nick Fury. He took a hiatus for a few years in the MCU films after um, Winter Soldier, and he finally started popping back up. And I'm I'm kind of glad I missed Nick Fury, dude. Fucking Samuel Jackson does a fantastic job. And, bro, so think about it this way. I have, I'm firmly believing that Far From Home will make a billion dollars globally. And think about it. Fucking Samuel L. Jackson will be in three movies within the same franchise that make over a billion dollars this year. Tell me that's not fucking crazy. That's insane. Dog, can you stop looking at me like that? You're too damn cute. Goddamn, I guess I start to wait too easily. But I don't know. Maria Hill, I'm kind of on the fence with because she's always been like that side character. She's always kind of been Nick Fury's like bitch to a point. She's never really gotten anything, because in the comics, dude, she's a pretty decently big character. I'm pretty sure they've given her background and shit like that. But, like, in the MCU, she's kind of like everyone's dog. Like, she she does what she's at, pretty much. They don't give her anything to work off of. So, like, she's been around since the first Avengers movie. And if they killed her off now, I, I quite frankly wouldn't give a shit. Because she's been in so many movies, but she's been in them for maybe a few scenes. That's it. Not much. And I really hope that they really dive deeper into her character in this movie and they give her that chance now that some of the other characters have taken up uh, a kind of back end to the MCU and give her more of a prominence. Especially Nick Fury, like I said, with that hiatus. Now he was in all his cats in Marvel. He was in fucking Endgame for like a fucking millisecond in the the the... I can't think the 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 oh my god I'm stupid the funeral scene there we go my god uh, stupid over here in the funeral scene we saw him for like a millisecond and I think I I want to see how him and Peter Parker play off each other I think it's gonna be a nice duo like Peter and Gyllenhaal I I'm excited for it yeah and you know. I guess, like, in that sense, it kind of adds to a little bit more of a serious tone because they're going off to uh, space, not space, well, they're going off to Europe, and it's going to be presumably a little lighthearted because that's kind of where the Spider-Man movies are going in that direction. So you have Nick Fury there to kind of make things a little bit more serious, those things a little bit more... Uh, seeming as if they have consequences, you know? So that's just, I guess, how I feel about it. Um, Ryan, unfortunately, has to hop off right now, but he did mention that Maria's character never really ever seems, like, too fleshed out. So, AJ, I'm going to throw the question over to you and ask, like, did you necessarily think that we needed Nick Fury and Maria Hill in Spider-Man Far From Home or... Should it have been more of a 
singular, separate thing after Endgame. Uh, I don't mind them two being in Far From Home. I will say that since Tony died, I think that it's a it's a good idea to have um, Samuel Jackson. I can't remember his name anymore. Samuel Jackson's character, um, <laughs> Nick, Nick Fury. There we go. <laughs> Nick Fury. He's a Samuel um, Jackson and everything. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I I think that Nick Fury and Far From Home is actually a good idea for Spider-Man's character to get a different perspective and a different learning learning experience from someone else. Um. This Spider-Man, um, Tom Holland's Spider-Man right now kind of reminds me of the Ultimate Spider-Man where he's with H- um, with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all that, so he's learning. And I feel like going forward, um, Peter will become more of a leader and in the like New Avengers or some sort of different team where we actually are getting um, Shang-Chi, um, we're getting new characters within the future of the MCU. So having um, Tom Holland learning from Iron Man, which started the um, MCU, and then um, Nick Fury, who also started with the MCU. And those two are, like, totally different characters. And having those two um, give Peter advice, having, like, different perspectives, as I said before, I think it would be a good idea as for Spider-Man as a whole going forward. Hopefully they'll um go oh my god, I can't even think anymore either. Hopefully <laughs> that they they will um they will develop um Peter Parker more in that leadership role, not like an Iron Man or anybody or a Captain America type role, but as an individual, as a um as his own identity and all of that. So hopefully we'll get all that. So I th- I think it's a good idea to have Nick Fury in the and Far From Home. Right, and I really do want to see Peter taking more of a leadership role in the future, which is why I really hope that nothing kind of happens between Disney and Sony to really mess up that type of contract. Just because to me, I feel yeah. like there's been there's been enough like bureaucratic like legal bullshit that has kept the characters away from each other and we've seen how that has uh, hurt certain franchises like say the X-Men and for the, if they just took Tom Holland away at this point that would be like an absolute tragedy I think that you need to start planning the future of your MCU with him at the forefront I mean he's young enough uh, that he can carry this on for at least, like, if he wanted to, like, shit, I'd be fine for the next 10 years, you know? Take a few breaks exactly. in between, yeah. you know? You can do that. Uh, and as you said, we're bringing in more characters, and I think that no one else really has it in them besides, say, Tony Stark or Steve Rogers to be at the forefront of the team. And I think that it would be great to have Peter Parker at the forefront uh, with the team. So that's just my personal opinion on it. Um, I guess maybe one of the other questions that I wanted to ask you before we kind of wrap everything up is, you know, what do you, first of all, all right, we went 
through this a little earlier in the show, but do you think, and again, no spoilers, no nothing like that, but do you think that Mysterio is going to turn out to be a bad guy or they're going to do what they did with the scrolls in Captain Marvel and make him an asset? Uh, for me, I honestly think that he is a bad guy, but I'm also prepared that they might keep him as what they advertise him as, like a good guy and all that. So we all know that Mysterio is known for his this um this oh my god I'm about to say deceased um <laughs> ah, goodness Lord help me um, we all know that. <laughs> We all know that Mysterio is known for deceiving people and his technology slash magic. Um, so him getting into um getting into Peter's life, teaching them how to do things to see. Um, people are talking on Twitter saying that Mysterio is getting into Peter's life that way, um, to make Peter feel like he's a good guy even though he's a bad guy. I actually like that theory. Because it'll show that Peter can't trust everybody in the world. So seeing that, I think that would be a great development for Peter Parker. But if that doesn't happen, I'm not going to be mad as long as they can develop Peter in a specific route. I'm perfectly fine with any, however they handle the character. For me, I trust Kevin Feige and everybody that's working on the MCU. I trust their their opinion, I trust their decision making and into these characters. So I'm totally fine with either or. Yeah, me too. I mean there's a lot of really like diehards out there that really kind of bash what they're doing, say, with Peter. Like I saw this thing, um and maybe we mentioned it earlier before that People are really pissed that it seems like Spider-Man is taking on that, like, Iron Man role with uh, his suit and his technology and everything. To me, I mean, it makes sense. That's what they've developed for the story. And anytime something's adapted, there's always going to be creative liberty. And as long as it makes sense, I don't see really what the problem is, um, honestly. But you, I guess you just can't, like, satisfy everyone that's just my opinion. I just really am. Oh God, I dude, I'm so excited for Far From Home. I, Same. Monday, uh, I, I'm ready. Monday. Oh, you're seeing it before me. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm telling you, I tried to get tickets and I went for Tuesday, and it was all sold out at the theater near me. Uh, and so I'm seeing it Wednesday, but me, I am just, like, incredibly impatient. Like, every single Marvel movie, I've always gone and seen it opening day pretty much, at least lately. And the fact that I'm just going to see it, like, a day or two after most people, I'm like, right. oh, shit. <laughs> oh. It's going to be hard because it's already being spoiled. <laughs> which, by the way... It's so crazy that it comes out on a Tuesday. Like, when has this happened? I've never heard of a movie coming out on a Tuesday. It's always Thursday night it's, into Friday. It's basically because it's um, basically a long weekend because of Fourth of July. So, so them is act, I think it's actually a good marketing plan that they did that 
That way they can make more more money for opening week than usual. So I think it's a good, it's a great plan for Marvel, the MCU and Sony. Well, you know, this is my theory is because, it, as you said, it is the 4th of July weekend. People are probably going to be going on vacation, spending a lot of time at the beach, family barbecues. People might not necessarily get to the movies, especially if it's nice weather, which I don't know how it's going to be where you are, but I saw that apparently it's going to be shitty weather both on 4th of July and this upcoming weekend. But either way, they probably plan that because they're like, let's get out all those people to the theaters now so then they can go see Far From Home and then have their vacation. Yeah. I mean, either way. (laughs) either, Either way, I think it's a great idea to do it this way rather than starting Thursday or Friday for most some people. Um, I would say that this probably that what well, I actually have a question. What do you think that Far From Home is actually the ending of the Infinity War saga rather than Endgame? I think it makes sense because uh, Far From Home is going to deal with a lot of the uh, fallout from Endgame, because we obviously see from the trailers that there's a lot of Tony Stark still present. So it, to me, feels like that's fine. It's like a book, right? You have the final chapter, which you could say was Endgame, and then Spider-Man Far From Home is um, is the epilogue, pretty much. Yeah. So to me, it makes perfect sense. You kind of, you know, finally, you wrap up everything from the Infinity War saga, which includes this, the nice little bow tie and explaining things that happened after Endgame. That way, the next movie completely just starts fresh. We see what the next phase is. If they, if they are really working towards something, I think it's going to be like how it was in the beginning of the MCU. We see the parts kind of together, but they're still pretty separate. And then as the years go on, then things are really shaping towards an actual quote-unquote end game. Not trying to, like, be funny there, but you know, you know what I'm saying. So I think that's how it's going to be. Yeah. We're not really, we're really going to know where it's going until, like, maybe a few years from now, and then we're going to be like, that's what it's all building up towards. That's my personal opinion. Ah. I honestly, honestly think that Far From Home will be the end um, for this Infinity War saga, but I actually think that they're going to do more and actually make it, like, the start of the next chapter, or the next saga, I should say, for we might get, like, hints in the end credit scene, I think. I haven't seen the end credit scene or anything. I just feel like the end credit scene will give a sense for, like, the future of the MCU, and um, I actually think that they're going to thank everyone for making these movies happen and going out in theaters and seeing it. I think everything is going to happen at the end of Far From Home. That's a big hope, I think, at least. Well, I'll say really quick, because we have about, like, two minutes to go. I did watch one of the end credit scenes, because I can't help myself, but I'm not going to say anything, obviously, and nothing that we talked about, and I will preface this, nothing that we talked about on this podcast alludes anything towards it, so just to let you know that, but I don't know enough about the comics to really know where they're going to go from here, that's just my personal thing, And but 
honestly, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. Same. Um, but, AJ, it has been wonderful going through the top ten Spider-Man moments in the MCU with you. If you want to really quickly tell everyone where we can find you and what we can expect next. I am always on Twitter at GVNation. Oh, my goodness. On AJ <laughs> underscore GVNation. Um, I'm doing anime stuff now for GeeksBotNation.com. I'm going to start doing reviews for anime there. Uh, I do articles for superhero movies, all of that for GeeksBotNation, too. Hopefully. I don't actually. I don't have work sun, next Sunday, so I will be here next Sunday on top ten with you guys again. Awesome! I look forward to putting it back on Sunday mornings. Just saying, but um, as AJ <laughs> said, we actually uh, moved our site. You can still find us at gvnation.com, but we actually are geekvibesnation.com. You can find me on Twitter at tfab. I post a lot of articles, we do these podcasts, and you bet that I'm just going to have so much content about Mysterio and Spider-Man after Far From Home. But again, AJ, thank you so much for joining me, and thank thank you everyone out there who uh, took the time to listen. Really appreciate it, and I definitely want to hear your thoughts um, soon. So have a good night, guys. See ya. See ya.